Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good afternoon, Coach Roberts. What are you doing, Coach Roberts? I'm recording a podcast. (laughs) Well, that's a very immediate answer. Did you have a good day at work? It was pretty good. That's good. I had an excellent day at work. It's always a good day babysitting sweet Ellie Ann. Yes, and she was in a great mood today. So I picked her up after my swim this morning, and we went to the grocery. I didn't really need anything at the grocery, but it's something for she and I to do before you take over and I go to work. And she likes going fast in the shopping cart. She doesn't complain if I'm going slow, but she smiles when I go fast. Yeah, sometimes when we're in Meyer, I may get a little rambunctious with the cart, and she's squealing where people can hear in the back of the store. And we'll get midway through the store, and somebody will randomly say, Was that you making all that noise? (laughs) (laughs) I had a good run today. Well, tell me about it. There's not much to tell about it. It was seven miles easy, and I kept it easy. That's exactly what you want to do. Keep the easy days easy and the hard days hard. But I did want to note that my... Seven-day total mileage as of today is 53.1 miles, which is pretty high mileage for me. I try not to get over 60 miles. Yeah, that's a lot of miles. And you are four and a half weeks from Boston. Mm -hmm. So it won't be too long before taper starts. Yes, and yesterday's run was interesting. It's one of those runs I looked at it and I had to study it because my watch beeping to tell me what to do next, I just... I had to memorize what to do next because I thought it was a little bit more complicated than usual. So I just thought I would share with our listeners a Dean Roberts workout. Go for it. Okay, so I did a mile and a half warm up and then I did this next section twice. I did a half marathon pace for two kilometers and then went right into a 10K effort for the third kilometer. So it was a 3K effort. And then a one-minute recovery, and I did that again. And then, after that, went straight into, you know, no two or three-minute mental recovery or anything. Straight into a five times, a 5K pace, 400-meter, with also a minute recovery. It's a pretty intense workout. Yeah, it was intense, but I felt strong, and I felt like I hit my goal paces pretty well. And I'm super thankful that my hamstring... Did not hurt at all. So I've been very consistent with what the physical therapist has asked me to do. And even though at first it didn't feel like it was making a huge difference, I just stayed with it and kept doing what she told me to do. And my upper hamstring is doing well. So I'm excited to be able to pay that forward and help any of our athletes if they have a pain in that area. Pass on what works. That's right. Share the love. So I've I'm still focusing on swimming because I am still dealing with this foot injury. But I did have the MRI last week, and it was 
favorable, meaning nothing obviously was broken. And so I'll go back to the doctor again to see what options there are to address the inflammation that was detected. So he didn't say, suck it up, buttercup? He did not. <laughs> he has not been that type of a doctor. No, he has not. He has always erred on the side of conservatism. I think it's because my femur broke and now he just doesn't trust us in general. You got guilt by association. It could be. Because back before that injury, which was... I mean, I've seen him probably 10 years, and back before that injury in 2013, he would be like, oh, you can manage the pain, just keep on running, and now he does not say that to me, nor Mm -hmm. you. And actually, we live in a relatively small town. It's not tiny, but it's not Chicago-sized, and every once in a while I have a friend who'll see me and say, all right. Your doctor is my doctor, and he just used you in a sentence as a verb. They told me not to Paula Roberts your <laughs> injury. <laughs> so, anyway, he errs on the side of caution with the two of us for sure. And he likes to joke around, too. He does. He's a good guy. So we've talked about swimming a number of times on the podcast, but it's probably been a little while. But if you've listened to this podcast, when we've talked about swimming, our focus has typically been on swimming for triathlon. And in a lot of cases, swimming in the triathlon is going to include a wetsuit, and you're not really going to have to have a strong kick. And so we encourage athletes to practice with a pool buoy so they can work on other aspects of their form. But I've been working on swimming for the sake of swimming, and so I've been working on my kick, and I didn't need a kick in any of my previous Ironman events or any of my previous triathlon events, but I'd like to just become a better swimmer. So I'm looking at all aspects. And the kick is something that me with a running background, it just does not come naturally, but I'm working hard on it. So if any of our local athletes see me at the local pool, and see me kicking, you'll know why I'm kicking. Yeah, because there would be almost never that we would put kicking drills in one of our triathletes that we coach one of their workouts for the week, unless they specifically said they didn't care as much about anything else except becoming an elite swimmer. (laughs) Then we would start working on their kicking. Or if we have athletes that come from a swimming background, we would put in probably more variations of drills for that athlete. Yeah, meet the athlete where they're at. And we do. We had an we had an athlete ask us just recently if his training cycle for his upcoming race would look like the training cycle for his previous race. And I think his exact words is would we use the same plan? And while we study and look at a variety of plans and we read books, we don't pull out one plan and subscribe it to an athlete. We genuinely and seriously customize each week depending on how the athlete did the previous week and what is working for that athlete. So we would not go back and go, oh, well, here's the training cycle this athlete did last time. We're going to repeat that exactly this time. just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Every athlete is unique and we want to meet them where they're at to help them Get to their goals. Absolutely. We had an athlete run the 1600 this week. 
this past week, and you went to watch that. And how long were you at that track meet? I was at the track meet for four hours because the posted time of the track meet was incorrect. And then the event that I wanted to see was the second to the last event. And based on your feedback to me, because I did not attend the track meet, it sounds like there was a lot of downtime between heats and events. There was a fair amount of space between events and more heats than probably needed to occur on some of the longer events. I cannot tell you, if you are a track coach out there listening to this, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of bringing in a meet director who will keep things moving. When I coach track, we always set our home track meet schedule based on when Harley Troglin was available because he can flat out run an efficient track meet. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference. You wouldn't think having a minute and a half between events and 30 seconds between heats would make a huge difference versus three or four minutes. But over the course of a lot of events, it certainly adds up. Yeah, there weren't that many events in this meet, but from the time that the first event started till I left was a good three hours and I think it could have been more efficiently ran. Well the day after the meet the Owensboro High School girls track coach posted the list of events and I looked at that and I thought I don't even know how I could make that few events last so long like that took some magic right there. (laughs) There I was shocked at the short list of events. There were probably eight teams. So a decent size meet, which resulted in several heats because I don't think they had a limit on the number of athletes per team per event, but it could have been run more efficiently. Now here's the list. There was a distance medley, the hurdles, the 800 meter run, the four by 100, and then it says four by 100 throwers. Yes, that was an interesting event. So if you were a discus thrower or a shot putter, this was your opportunity to run fast. Oh boy. And then there was the sprint medley. Though It says 100, 100, 200, 400. Yeah, and back to the distance medley. It was three quarters, one quarter, half, and 1,600. Mm-hmm. Then there was a 1,600 meter run and then a four by 400 co-ed. Girl boy, girl boy. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight events. And then, of course, the field events were going on simultaneously. But it wasn't your traditional track meet. It was definitely just something early in the season to get the kids out running and having a good time. And it looked like everyone was having a good time. And there were some really close races that made it exciting. You know, some races were were blowouts, but some of them were down to the wire. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was a beautiful evening, but by the time the 1600 rolled around that I wanted to watch, it had gotten 20 degrees colder and the wind was blowing slightly. One of the parents that I'm friends with on Facebook, not one of, not a parent of one of our athletes that we coach personally, but just a parent of a, of a student that was running, posted, and was congratulating her son, who evidently did the very last event. And evidently, the crowds dissipated by the time that last event rolled around. So she was expressing a little bit of disgruntlement that 
her son was there for the first event and cheered all the way through, but that there was no one left there to cheer for her son at the end. So evidently the coaches were allowing the athletes to leave as they were finished. So I don't know. Sometimes meets like that make it feel a little bit less of a team event and more like an individual event. Yeah. So it's always good when we have an opportunity to see an athlete compete. And this was the first opportunity for us to see this particular athlete compete. And I took some good notes and am providing some feedback for upcoming events. But if you are looking for some inspiration, contact your local high schools or maybe a local college and see when their meets are. Just watching other people give it their best can really motivate you to keep up with your training and fitness goals. Anything that motivates you is good. So this past week I was looking online and and doing some research and I stumbled upon, again, the Super League Triathlon Series. We talked about this once before, but a new twist on it that I hadn't seen before was the Arena Games. And this is a triathlon event with a very limited field of professionals and it's held entirely indoors and so it it was at a facility that had an olympic size pool and then the athletes would hop off and get onto their bike connected to a trainer and race each other in zwift and then they would get off the bike and they would hop onto a curved self-propelled treadmill connected to zwift and they would race each other and the way super league triathlon arena games work is the athletes earn points by placing higher in each triathlon. And then with just a short break after the first triathlon, they start another triathlon and then another triathlon. And whoever has the most points at the end of the three triathlons is the winner. But another little twist to it is The second triathlon might be bike, swim, run, or run, swim, bike. It's just not three traditional triathlons back-to-back. But it was really interesting watching, and Super League Triathlon has some of their events online where you can watch replays of them. But everything is super short. The distances for one of the events I looked at was a 300-meter swim, a 4K bike, and a 1.6K run. And then the athletes get 90 seconds to rest, and then the next triathlon starts, and then the next triathlon starts. So it's a really interesting twist on triathlon, and the goal behind Super League Triathlon is to make it fast and exciting and something that is contained where you can get high-quality video coverage. Sometimes it's hard to watch a full Ironman event in person or online because things spread out so much and it takes so much time. But this is a, a really tight, exciting format. In addition to the Arena Games, Super League Triathlon has their well, chance. Let me let me ask a question about the Arena Games. Okay. Because I don't think I've seen footage on this. I saw you watching some footage, but these people were swimming. The footage you were watching this past weekend, the people were swimming outside and getting on real bikes. So I did not see any footage of people riding on trainers and running on treadmills. 
Did, have you seen that footage? Yes. So Super League Triathlon has the Arena Games, which is the indoor e-sport version. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about before you move on to the next thing. Let's do it. So you've seen footage? Yes. Okay. Was it exciting? It was somewhat exciting. <laughs> there was just, you know, some unique twists. One is the athletes are giving it all they have on each of the three disciplines again and again and again. And I remember seeing some of the athletes, with it being such a short bike ride, they would ride their bike without putting their feet in their shoes to save a little bit of time on transition. So every second counts, and that's one of their mottos at Super League, It's every second counts. So they're just, obviously, if their feet are just on top of their shoes, they're just mashing their pedals. They're not worried about a full pedal stroke. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting. It I'm was. just thinking, if I see a bunch of people side by side on stationary bikes, unless there's a lot of metrics showing up above their heads or something, the spectator's not even going to know who they're rooting for or well, they show who's the, in the lead. Like, is there a leaderboard? They show the Zwift screen where you can see how the athletes are comparing against each other. Okay. so Which has metrics. It, yeah, it does. And I'm assuming someone oversees the calibration and the settings to make it fair. Yeah, everybody's you on... Can, you can game Zwift. Yeah, everyone is on the same type of trainer, and I'm sure they have weighed everyone and yeah. made sure... Okay. That everything's legit. Yeah. I may have to watch that to see if it seems entertaining because that almost seems like to me, I never have figured out these people who sit and watch gaming channels where you watch people play. I mean, I don't even know any recent games, but Super Mario Brothers or some sort of video game. There are YouTube channels mm-hmm. and maybe Twitch channels. Where you can just get online and watch other people play the video game. Like, that almost feels like what this would be. But maybe not. It might be It might be exciting for people to watch. Well, it's almost the weekend. So I guess for some weekend entertainment, we'll watch some Super League Triathlon videos. Okie doke. We'll do it. So, speaking of things that some people might enjoy and some people may not enjoy on TV. What do you think about watching people play Texas Hold'em on TV? I mean, it's boring to me. What about golf? Oh my goodness. If I want a good nap, turn golf on. I really enjoy watching golf. And if I really want a good nap, put the humming of race cars coming around the track every... (laughs) That puts me to sleep too. Maybe I'm just tired on the weekends. (laughs) Ellie can be hard on you. She's a handful. But I also don't enjoy playing golf, so that's really not fair. So moving away from Super League Triathlon Arena Games, they also have the Championship Series, which is what you saw me watching the other day. And it's an outdoor triathlon, but again, it's super short, and it has multiple events really close together. And is it also a series of three? Yes, that's my understanding. Yes. And the bike course is really confined so that spectators can see what's going on. The course is somewhat narrow. The one race that I was watching, I believe they were in London, and they were going over cobblestones. Not the most pleasant place to be riding. And then they have some unique rules in the championship series. If you are the winner of one of the early stages of the triathlon, you can earn a short shoot 
which we talked about earlier in a previous podcast. But Yeah, I think I tried to get you to say that five times really fast, and you decided not to do that. But the short shoot allows you to take a shortcut on the run, which is, it just gives you a huge advantage over the rest of the runners. It gives a huge advantage to somebody who obviously already has a huge advantage because they earned it by winning. Yeah. And there's another rule that I didn't see enforced, but it's the 90 second rule. And that, if it's enforced, eliminates any athletes who fall behind by more than 90 seconds. So again, it's forcing athletes to go hard and you can't sandbag in one event and try to save it for the next one. You've got to go hard through the entire event, which might be less than an hour. It'll be interesting to see if either the PTO and their vision of popularizing triathlon for television viewers or the Super League vision, if either one of those will take off and we start seeing triathlon on mainstream TV more than just the summary of the Ironman World Championship. But I enjoyed watching it and Something else that I observed, and I mentioned it before, was the curved, self-propelled treadmills. I had not seen those because I'm not in the market for a treadmill right now, but it reminded me of the self-propelled treadmill that I had as a child. I mean, I'm pretty sure that that treadmill was a bunch of giant rolling pins underneath a belt. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. That thing's ancient. So self-propelled treadmills have advanced, and the ones that have a curved belt, supposedly... I'm assuming it's concave. Yes. Supposedly more realistic and more natural, and... You're not bound by pushing buttons to control the pace. It's all in the amount of effort that you put into your running motion. So much better for a race than having to control the speed of the belt. But if you do happen to watch the arena games and see people running on these treadmills, you'll notice that they they hop on it, they grab onto the handrails, and then they start running to get the belt going. It's takes a little bit of extra effort to get the belt going. And then once the belt is going, they can start using their arms naturally in the running motion. But again, researching more about those treadmills, they are much better if you're going to be doing short intervals than a traditional treadmill because you can quickly speed up and slow down without any mechanical intervention. So it makes for a better race simulation on something like Zwift. But you do have to be very intentional about your pace because you are totally in control. And there are some disadvantages. Starting off, it's a little bit of a strain on the legs to get the belt going. But once it's going, it's much more natural. It may be more difficult for lighter individuals than for heavier individuals. And there's going to be less options such as incline. But it's something that I would like to see our local health club get just so that I could try it out. What do you think? Does that sound like something that would allow you to run more naturally? It kind of reminds me on the bike side of things of the rollers that you get on. 
where you have to keep balance and bike. Whereas if your bike is on a trainer, the trainer keeps the bike balanced for you. Yeah, that's a good analogy. But it would be interesting to try. But I do agree with you that for a five foot two slender female athlete and a six foot one even slender male athlete, if they're on the exact same treadmill, it doesn't seem like that makes sense unless you can adjust, like with bicycles, you can adjust the tension, even though you're still doing all the work. I wonder if you can adjust the belt tension to fit the athlete. I don't know that answer. Does that make sense that yeah. to even the playing field, there would need to be an adjustment there? But I have avoided getting on a treadmill and running for quite some time because my Achilles don't seem to agree with the treadmill but i'm thinking that if i had a self-propelled curved belt treadmill that i would be just fine are we starting a new christmas list already no i'm hoping the health club will get one yeah because i'm sure that a good one is not cheap i'm starting to drop some hints at the health club you are oh yeah i'm working on it there's a couple other things that i wanted to talk about in this podcast One was Clash Miami, and if you remember from last year, the Clash Miami Triathlon is held at the Speedway in Miami. I'm drawing a blank on as to what the name of that Speedway is. Just a really interesting venue that the Clash events are hosted on, different NASCAR speedways. But watching some of the highlights of that, the lake in the center of the track looked like it was very shallow because there were weeds sticking up above the water line. We've swam in water like that before. That is not pleasant. It is not. And then one of the ladies, actually the lead lady on the bike, made a wrong turn and crashed and and flipped. You just got to be alert at all times on the bike. And then Sam Long, coming away from training in Arizona, went on to win on the guy side, and Ashley Gentle won for the ladies. And this race has amateur athletes in it as well, right? They have the amateurs compete on a different day, and the course is different for the amateurs. Amateurs take a bike route off of the track, whereas the pros stay on the NASCAR track for their bike ride. I guess they don't trust the amateurs to not wreck into each other if they're all conglomerated on the track. Wreck and drafting. Something else I wanted to bring up was uh, Mike Hilliard, who we interviewed last year. He's the coach track and cross country at the University of Southern Indiana. He posted something that I thought was just quite amazing. One of his athletes, Titus Winders won the NCAA Division II 5K in a time of 13.38, setting a national record, and his final 1,600 was 4.09 pace. Pretty fast. That is getting after it. Shout out to Coach Mike Hilliard for the success of his athlete. And who's the athlete? Titus Winders. Titus Winders. We'll be looking for him on the pro front. Or in the Olympics. Yes. I've got a scripture I'd like to share to close things out today. Sounds great. It's from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. How many chapters are in 1 John? Not very many, right? Two, three? Five. Five. <laughs> the reason I ask is because it's just a few pages in the Bible. It's worth just sitting down and reading 1 John. All in one file sweep. It's a good one. 
It is. But anyway. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that is awesome news. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.